crow flies through the damp morning air over a bare winter forest of low twisted trees, bog oaks and dense stands of winter thorn. It lands deftly on the curved crown of a swamp alder overlooking an open clearing deep in the withy marsh. A low mist lies across the spiny marsh grass and low reeds of the open ground, which is enclosed on one side by a huge boulder with a small mouldering shack lent up against it. The clearing is empty except at its very centre where there is a small fire pit filled with glowing coals and hanging from it is a cauldron from which a dense steam rises. Three women are stood around it wearing dark ragged robes and pointed hats, one of them pronouncing a wild incantation over the pot's contents. Double, double, toil and trouble, fire burn and cauldron bubble. A young man emerges from the shack wearing a potato sack and the tallest of the three women turns round. What is it now, Banbury? Sorry to interrupt, Mum. Do you know where my Cocoa Krispies are? I haven't seen them since I got... Well, since you sent me away, really. They should be in the cupboard where they were before. All right. Hi, Aunt Gladys. As he returns to the shack, the incantation starts again. Tooth of wolf and tongue of hound won't wake you up like my home ground. Gladys, are you sure this rigmarole makes the coffee taste better? Meanwhile, the camera follows Banbury Lutes into the shack. It's a small room with a mouldy mattress on one side and various items hanging around it. It's dingy and dark. Banbury ducks through the shack and then pushes aside some skins hung on the wall to reveal a much cosier room on the other side in which various other members of the Hawks are set around having their breakfast. Welcome to Crudely Drawn Swords, a podcast about breakfasts. There's actually a pretty good selection of your traditional Karis breakfast goods there. So, yeah, you probably can whip up some pancakes, actually, Enigma. Um, Excellent. We have an awful lot of waffle. Cool. <laughs> waffle is the major breakfast <laughs> activity in Karis. We've Isn't discovered it? this already on multiple <laughs> occasions. I think I will actually have waffles now. I don't think they're really crunchy enough for you, Steve. Oh, yeah. Have we got any strawberries left? <laughs> I suppose they're rank by now. No, why do you think we played half the yearly man's wage? Half <laughs> fresh as the day is long. We could boil them down into a kind of um, one of those things that's like jam but isn't. A coolie. A conserve. Chutney. <laughs> you can't have strawberry boil chutney. Boil them down to a that's chutney. crazy. Basically, hot strawberries. Hot <laughs> squash strawberries. Coolie. Boil them down into boiling strawberry mush. It's <laughs> <laughs> so some um, kind of face mask beauty therapy. 
everything does have a slight eye of newt aftertaste to it just because of the main things that get cooked around here but you know that that's uh, all part of the local color it's good stuff I like to think that we're all breakfasting completely silently as well, <laughs> just not talking to anybody. Breakfast that's is serious just, business. That's, that's how we do it. Yeah, you, you guys breakfast hard. Also, we're all a little bit awkward because um, we're pretty sure that Tristan did Banbury's mum. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happened when we were right. asleep, wasn't it? What? Mm-hmm. That that woman he was talking to while we were asleep. While well, I was asleep? What? No, nothing. I'm going to stare at Tristan. Why? I'm going to try and work out if he has my eyes. <laughs> in my what? I'm trying to do it subtle-like. I'm just glancing him suspiciously, thinking, please, I'm sh- I know I've seen this lady before, but... <laughs> I'm just, just going to stare at my breakfast plate and eat my breakfast. <laughs> I'm going to use uh, my rogue skills to steal somebody else's sausage. <laughs> no, that that is some quality roguing. <laughs> Damn right. Yeah, Bamber, your mum seems to be the terror of the woods here. What's that about? Anyway, so I was just trying to work out what's going on here. All right, knife to throat, boy. Maybe we move on from that, and we'll. Uh... <laughs> I was concerned. I had a situation to deal with. I dealt with it the only way I know how. That's how <laughs> I deal with things since I've come back from the okay. war. Okay. Well, considering you put a knife. To my throat last night. What do you mean the only way you know how? We need to buy you a pamphlet or something on, <laughs> I don't know, how to wake somebody up. We can probably just demonstrate if you want. Next time you're in a deep sleep, we will wake you up without threatening to end your life. And maybe, how many times do you reckon we'll have to do that before you learn? Lots. Oh, I, I hoped you were a fast learner, but alas. Kicking him in the nuts should be uh, pretty effective. It's non-lethal. My nuts are like a shield of steel. Um, yes, bearing in mind what we're attempting to accomplish, though, um, I, every time that Tristan takes watch and wants to wake us up, I don't want that to be by being kicked in the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really, really poor lesson planning, frankly. My apologies. I will work on the aims and objectives. We'll, we'll come back to the whole knife, throat, bambury, witch scenario in a minute. It sounds like you've got a thing... A thing with those elves. Why do you think they're such dicks? Nah, they're massive dicks, honestly. Yeah, but they're all super cute. Yeah, what have you and your mum done to them? Uh, yeah, spit it out, Bambi. You're among friends here. <laughs> I kind of choke on my friends. I'm like, <laughs> friends. Elves live in the woods. Bambi, learning to cast spells, occasionally sets fire to things by accident. Bambi and the elves don't like each other. Bambi is talking in the third person to make I this simple. How many elves <laughs> have you set a light to? I wouldn't say a light to any of them, just bits of grove occasionally. Look, everyone, I'm sure you weren't like the perfect rogue the instant you were born. I so... never set fire to an elf. Ooh, look at me, I'm an enigma. <laughs> you did try and steal a magical sword. Guys, this is breaking into anarchy. <laughs> <laughs> look what Bambri's done to us. Bambri, you're tearing us apart. How far are we from the elves, Bambri? Well, you don't necessarily know, but there is uh, there is someone you could ask comes in at this moment. Rob Sausage. Rob <laughs> <laughs> Sausage is my father? No, no, son. Here's a sausage. Bambri Sausage. What I've a got a crumble. Bambri Sausage. Amazing name. I wish we'd run the Sausage family. Okay, brown sausage. <laughs> you move up the building, cerise sausage. Green sausage is going through the door. Go, Chipolata, oh. take them. 
Black sausage uh, is getting drunk again. <laughs> Stop just spinning black sausage. <laughs> sausage family. <laughs> the sausages find themselves in a breakfast hall. <laughs> All right, that's like the uh, parallel universe version. It's, it's gone worse for the sausages. They think they're out of it, but have they gone out of the frying pan and into the fire? <laughs> it's fine. When we want to go on the cover in future, rather than the horns. Yeah, when we need aliases, then we'll we'll take sausage influence names. Okay, I'll be back. That'll end up with Rob Sausage having loads of angry like goblins of someone break down his door and murder him in his sleep for things we've done. The sausages are in danger, but can they save their own skins? <laughs> Quinn, surely you'd be Very black good. pudding because oh, it's, it's not quite again. a sausage. Yeah, well, I'd be black pudding. You could be toad in the hole. Um. <laughs> <clears throat> Enigma okay. can be chipolata and we'll, uh, we'll work out something for uh, <laughs> tinned hot dogs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, if it's not Rob Sausage... It is not. It is, of course, Esme Hookbriar, the Witch of the Woodmarch. And uh, she comes in with a tray of tin mugs of strong black coffee and offers them round. Oh. She says, uh, here you go, Banbury, just the way you like it. Thanks. Except I haven't put six sugars in yet. Well, I don't I don't want it then. Also, I'm a man now. I take seven. <laughs> <laughs> Banbury shows some respect. She, she nods a very grown up son. Well done. Thank you. And Banbury's friends, it is very nice to meet you. He seems to have fallen in with a... Crowd. Hey, Bambury's mum. Yeah, th- thank you very much, Bambury's mum. D- don't worry, it's not. They're not like they appear to be. <laughs> uh, Mrs. Lutz, uh, thank you for the coffee. What a, a lovely home you have. I think you have a smashing blouse. You are entirely welcome, Master One. <laughs> she says, like with a really weird, weird witch cackle. <laughs> Yourself. And then she just laughs normally afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> she says, sorry, I sometimes do that for form's sake. <laughs> I realise it's a little unnecessary, but you get into habits, you know. Mum? Yes, Bampery. Percy took me to the land of the dead. How exciting for you. Did you have a good time? Ah, oh, it's lovely. We brought back this zombie. I'll point at Enigma. I'm not a zombie. I'm fine. She narrows her eyes at Enigma for a moment, and then she says, no, she seems quite alive. Full of life, in fact, I would say. I am. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just that I got rid of my tan since, you know, summer. <laughs> well, it's been nice travelling with you, Bamboo. You know, and uh, now that we've we've managed to find your way home, it's going to be sort of strange carrying on without you. But uh, I, I assume <laughs> that you're staying here. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, uh, I agree, Bamboo. Can I just say that I have enjoyed our time immensely. This is. It pains me that this is the right thing to do. That you should stay here with your mum and. Your adventuring days are over. But yeah, I mean, perhaps we can you. give you a little something to remember us by. Yeah. Uh, I'll hand him a bit of that black pudding for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> you take good she, care of that, son, yeah? 
something about her face, like a little muscle next to her eye just starts to twitch a tiny bit. <laughs> and she says, no, no, no. Banbury's education happens out in the world now. And also, I have, you probably noticed, uh, that I have given over his room to five cats now. Five? Yep. Is this his room? Banbury had a room? We're not cats. <laughs> She says, of course he did. And like she just opens one of the doors off the kitchen and revealing a room that is mostly like small wooden platforms and scratching posts. <laughs> but on the walls behind it, you can see like various uh, childlike drawings. Mostly they seem to be uh, swords, but not very carefully drawn ones. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any that say dandy scrawled on them? There is actually what appears to be a promotional uh, promotional sign from the dandy and uh, one of his broadsheets, like one of a copy of one of his broadsheet ballads. I'm going to just scan and uh, notice there's no Tristan ones and I'm going to feel a little bit dejected and look sadly into my coffee. Funnily enough, next to the picture of the dandy on his poster someone has drawn in slightly badly a person in a pointy hat and a potato sack and put a little speech bubble saying best friends (laughs) 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 she says so as you can see there's not really room and you haven't met these she points out three black cats to Banbury she says this is spite felony and murder hello Uh, cats. Oh, I do love cats. They they sound really friendly. Just go and stroke cats. I love the names. Where did you get the idea of the names from? (laughs) I just named them for their nature, really. One of the cats walks up to you, Banbury, like rubs its face on you, and it says, uh, I caught three voles last night and tore a mouse to pieces. Nice. (laughs) I, uh... I went to sleep and this dickhead put a knife to my throat. Right, so do, are the cats speaking like the common tongue or is Bambury meowing back at the cats? Bambury is meowing back at the cats. Okay. It probably hasn't come up till now, but Bambury speaks the language of cats. <laughs> <laughs> how, did we, how did this not come up? So we basically just think he's being cute. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, After Bambury meows at the cat, it stares at Tristan really intently and then just gives him a slow nod (laughs) I give the cat a nod back it's reincarnated boots I'm going to nod back with a kind of a little bit of a wink as well saying I know but I don't know I'm bluffing oh god Um, I've just seen a cat nod um, the witch says uh Anyway, anyway, where where does your travels take you next? I'm sure you'll have need of Banbury's considerable abilities. Oh, considerable abilities, yes. yes. I've got this. I'm going to stand up and throw my arm out. To the hordes of Malheim! (laughs) Malheim. I'm going to kind of stand there posing. She looks at you, then looks at Banbury and says, Did he mean Malahim? Yes, she knows the place. He did mean Malahim, yeah. Uh, he's a bard. He He's not good with words. She says, Oh, right, yes. Never heard of it. Ah, oh, son of a... <laughs> Thank you for your time, Mrs. Lutz. We need to go and see the elves. Or at least Percy was told to go and see the elves to see if they know where it is. Like, the Fae in this mirror tried to give me a bit of information, but... I mean, this is this is a massive ask, and I imagine you're going to say no but I might as well ask. So Tristan's only got a year to do this. I don't suppose you and some friends could drop us off on your brooms. Could you, Mum? Just give me a lift. I want to go on the brooms, please, please, please. She says, 
That would be absolutely charming, wouldn't it? But I'm afraid you're all far too heavy. Oh, yeah. all right. I'm quite slight, and I, I don't, I don't think oh, he'd wait. probably get the trick of it. Really, it's pretty uncomfortable for five minutes, let alone for long distance. To be honest, having a twig jammed up here. Also, it doesn't really suit a gentleman. Mm. I could do it then. She says, "Were you planning to visit the elves?" Uh, yeah, I guess. Do you reckon they'll let me in? Do you reckon they'll let this lot in? I expect that. They probably just don't mention the fire. Yeah. And I would imagine that they'll... Well, they won't have forgotten because they don't really forget anything. Perhaps ask for Senel Frostflint if you go there. Uh, he'd be quite amenable to talking to you. I've, I've had quite some dealings with him. He doesn't mind outsiders. Is there any chance you could drop us off nearer them? We, we kind of... I mean, not, not that we got lost in the woods of Grappin or anything, but Enigma gets lost. I didn't get us lost. You got us lost. You, you got us lost. You, got us you were scouting. Yeah, Mum, could you just, like, could you drop me and my friends off at this this place, um, please? She says, well, why don't I, uh, and she looks around, she says, uh, murder, murder, you, you could, uh, you could, yes, you could. No. Yes. Murder will guide you. Okay, cheers. <laughs> can we get a packed lunch? What, across... Across the entire miles of what I'm going to always assume is desert. No, just to the elves through the woods. Just up to Landisara Thread. Oh, are the elves actually here? Yeah, they're in this wood, hence... Oh, okay. I didn't know if they were... I thought we had to journey to them. Oh, so we're here. Why Why wouldn't we go and see them then? You're so lazy, Bamroo. Because he keeps setting a light to them. <laughs> no, they're real... Honestly, they're massive dickheads. So are you. What a bunch. I'll be here all week. Also, you have been crossing the forest for some time, and there is much more forest between you and the elves. It's not like a bit oh, of a wander yeah. in the woods. It's a massive forest. Okay. Um, so it's still quite a journey. But we are following a cat. But you now have a guide cat who knows the way. Esme seems almost a little bit concerned now, perhaps because you mentioned the possibility of leaving Banbury behind. Mm-hmm. A natural reaction. Yes, she says, uh, so is there anything you need to be on your way? Um, Banbury would like to carry a few more rocks, actually. Do you have any more <laughs> heavy, heavy stones? And do you have any strawberries? It's, it's nice to see young Banbury getting bolder. Mm. As for yeah. strawberries... <laughs> <laughs> uh... As for strawberries, it's the middle of winter. Who would have strawberries at this time of year? It's unthinkable. Rob strawberry. I, I shall produce <laughs> a small silver platter. With Jerome's card on it. Of the finest <laughs> strawberries from my bag. Yeah, I'm trying to wow her with my bardic wizardry. I like the fact you've got a silver platter. <laughs> Milady. <laughs> yeah. How else do you from eat a... silver, silver, silver strawberries? That's what they're called. Jerome's silver strawberries. She says, that is a very impressive platter. Why are you eating a horrible mouldy strawberry? Oh, let me just look down. I'm like, my lady, these are beautiful. I'm just going to pause to all pick it up, just take a bite. We're like, mm-hmm. I just swallow it. We're like, mm-hmm. these are delicious still. And then kind of shrimp the rest into the bag and like kick it under the table towards Banbury. She looks at you for a minute and says, have you been allowing Banbury to cook for you? 
God, no. That, <laughs> he can produce that fine cuisine I've just devoured. And yes, I mean the mouldy strawberries. Um, whilst I'm here, I might pick up a second pair of pants and my old training broom. She says, uh, yes, that that's a very good idea. I have washed the pants as well, so Aww. you'll have at least one clean pair for a while. I haven't washed the broom, though. That seems counterintuitive. What do you even wash a broom with? Another broom? <laughs> she says, I, I can make you all uh, some very good turnip-based pack lunches. Oh, that If you lovely. fancy turnip-based pack lunches. Very rustic. We will gladly exchange them for um, Tristan's bag of jam. <laughs> <laughs> rustic. Oh, yeah. Kick it back to Enigma. Here you go. This really is a podcast about breakfast, isn't it? Basically. She says, yes, yes, of course. Now, now, come on then. Uh, If you're all ready, why why don't you run along now? Time's a-wasting. Don't forget your things, Banbury. Come on, here's your broomstick. Oh, uh, bye, Mum. Nice to see you again. (laughs) Goodbye, Banbury's mum. Bye, Banbury's mum. Very nice to meet you, young lady. And then she looks at Banbury and, like, winks really obviously. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) Very nice to meet you all, Banbury's friends. Uh, Hold on. She dives back into her shack for a moment and comes out and says, Look, here's some turnip-based cake I've procured. Take it with you and enjoy it on your journey. Thank you. I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. Thank you, Mrs. Lutz. I assume it's just like carrot cake. But we turn it. Basically, yes. When you come to try it, you'll find it is a lot like carrot cake, only without the positive qualities. <laughs> she says, murder, guide them true, and don't get distracted chasing uh, sparrows or anything. I know your ways. Banbury, murder will look after you very well, but just keep an eye on him. He can be a bit of a rascal, you know. No problem. All right, then. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Right, let's follow this cat. Cats are known for going in straight lines. Whilst we're walking, I'd like to... Yeah, we're walking on our horses. Are we on our horses that we took with us? Yeah, Yeah, you're walking on your horses. We're just, like, taking a pace forward, then back on their backs. You might be actually leading at this point because it's the branches are very low and there's a lot of carved ducking under trees it's a little hard to do from the saddle i will try of course <laughs> you will. no i suspect i'll be knocked off by it i think i'd be so elegant on a horse that i could probably get the horse to climb trees it's a special kind of dressage <laughs> <laughs> Squirrel tree method. climbing dressage yeah i'd like to drop back to bambury with his little dirty pony like bambury now, you're going to think I'm taking a mick, but I'm actually genuinely curious. What is the difference between a wizard and a, and a witch there? Well, there's nothing really. I, I'd consider myself a rural wizard. The thing is that like wizards that are taught in schools and by people, they, you know, they, they've got certain, like there's certain spells which are passed down, you know, by wizard to wizard. And so they're kind of governed and they're controlled. And obviously you can't just have anyone like, casting stuff in towns because you might set fires or you might summon demons etc witches they teach each other like mother to daughter mother to to maiden in the town that's been outcast like lady to lady across generations you know and <laughs> and, uh, and then there was like me so but, okay this this and um, you know whatever you tell me i believe you are I have a girl back. No, I've got big boy balls and everything. 
I'm going to wag on my big boy boys. <laughs> big boy balls at him. I mean, if he does, at least it's confirmed my question, so I'll believe him. Yeah. Unsolicited dick pic. It's a patriarchal splitting of the genders. So, you know, the, there is, is nobility given to the masculine form of magic. And yet, look at poor Banbury. Look at what's happened to him because of the patriarchy, because he's aligned himself with women. <laughs> well, I wasn't really aligned. I was just kind of born into it, really, wasn't I? Like, I'll be honest, Enigma, this isn't really selling your cause of women being... Patriarchy! Good. I mean, look at Banbury, he's wearing a potato <laughs> sack. <laughs> Again, it's, this isn't a potato sack. This isn't... That, that is because he's socially outcast. <laughs> I'm not emotionally outcast. I think he chose to wear that. Bambri, would you like me to buy you a new potato sack? No, this sack? isn't a fucking potato sack. This is a... It's a turnip sack. <laughs> I told you. This is a rural wizard's robe. This is what rural wizards wear. <laughs> Bambri, on the back I can see what looks like a P, an O and a T. What else Pot. did that spell? That's you bullying me. That's what that is. <laughs> it's only us here. What? You, you want me? Yeah. You want... <laughs> That's you bullying me. There's only us here. So what? There's no one else to bully. Is that your point? You're like, oh, well... <laughs> I'm sorry. The only child near enough for me to like push over as this big, tough, well-known bard. Yeah, to be fair, we haven't actually seen any other children really from the bully, so... Okay, well, when we find some, you go bully them, yeah? Because I've got feelings. <laughs> I'm going to have to now, just to stick to my principles. I, I would like to point out that on your way into the Wood March, uh, Banbury did actually bully a small child with fortune-telling cards. So... Oh, yeah! <laughs> This is karma, my good friend. I purely mocked his mother's belief in fate. <laughs> anyway, thank you, Banbury. That was the most eye-opening answer. <laughs> Banbury. And then we're just going to walk on in silence. <laughs> That's it for today's conversation. Banbury's still jostling his big boy balls. Yeah, has he still got them out? Because I'm just trying to awkwardly like yeah. ignore that and I don't want to really draw issue to it. I think he's forgotten to put them away just, just put them away, Banbury. Just... <laughs> I might put my clean Thank pants you. on to be honest it's been a while since I've had a second pair oh they're yours I assumed they were your mother's pants <laughs> <laughs> why would I take my mum's pants they what? just look a bit thongy I, I don't know you, you, she said that she had a second pair <laughs> what's your relationship with your mum I, I suspect quite different to, to the relationship you have with yours I mean she didn't cast me out for a start Ooh. hey my mum didn't cast me out <laughs> oh <Whoa. laughs> I'm not the only bully in the group, Bambri. <laughs> We're all going to have popsy today. Now that your mum's out of earshot. <laughs> hey, Murder. Yes? Just like, listen to all this stuff, yeah? Murder says, I listen and recall. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, like the cat's We assume he's meowing still. <laughs> meow, meow, meow. Cat's a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> what did it, what did Enigma actually say in cat tongue just then? Uh, what did the cat actually hear? Uh, when when Enigma made some meowing noises, all that Murder heard was "Worship me." Which is what I said, to be fair. <laughs> so you travel for a day, probably stop for the night, and then on the second day you start to ascend out of the marshy forest. And the ground on the foot becomes more rocky and slippery with mosses and lichens, growing into a steeper hill. The track follows a river that is soon rushing and plunging over rocks and eddying through clear pools. The trees thin out a little and gradually change to mountain conifers, offering glimpses of the sky and the mountains around the huge natural valley you're ascending. 
as you reach the brow of a small hill, you're struck by the sound of waterfalls, and then you see it ahead of you. The river divides into two narrow canyons that slice through the hillside, one either side of a broad promontory of bare rock. At its peak, trees grow in orderly, elegant shapes, wildly different from the riotous randomness of the forest you've been passing through. The road leads you up with the right-hand river on your left, zigzagging up the steeper slope until a point around halfway up the hillside, it turns along a shelf at the edge of the canyon. The river runs far below you now, and although the ledge is wide, it feels precipitous in spite of a low wall running along it and you approach the waterfall which fills the canyon with thunder and fine spray. Before you reach the curtain of water, the path turns into a bridge, fine and symmetrical, which you realise is formed from two trees growing out of the cliff, their branches twisting together in a latticework of living wood and leaves. Across the bridge, the track enters a finely carved tunnel, leading to a spiral staircase that ascends, taking you up to the surface of Lanisera Thread, where you are awaited. And so... You come out of this kind of spiralling, it's a very flat staircase, so your horses have no problem getting up it. And you come into a settlement which has no buildings. Instead, there are structures that are grown from living trees, their trunks shaped and woven over centuries to create smooth walls of bark and dry, welcoming doorways. As you come up, there is a figure standing facing you. They have long hair of a pale red blonde colour. They have very intense eyes, almost like the eyes of an eagle under sharp brows and finely chiselled cheekbones. As you arrive, they say, Ah, oh, you must be the visitors out of Woodmarch, I suppose. Young Bambury Lutz, is it? Oh, yeah, it is me. Hi there, guys. I'm going to clip him round the ear. <laughs> <laughs> they seem entirely unmoved by Banbury's weirdness. They say, I am Senel Frostflint. Welcome to Lanisera Thread. We shall find a place for your steeds, and then we can discuss whatever matters of the world have brought you to our little community out here in the mountains. Oh, hoody goody! Cheers, guys. That's nice of you. Now, thank you, thank you very much, Senel. That, that that would that that would be fantastic if you could just lead on. Maybe drop an octave. <laughs> I'm going to wish Murder goodbye and thank him for his help. Oh yeah, I'm going to give him a bit. I give him a rouse like I caught earlier. <laughs> Murder kind of walks round, uh, like winds round. I'm going to stick a rock on him. <laughs> winds round your legs, then scampers away from Percy's rock, and then says. Farewell, friend to the lady, to Banbury. And away he wanders, back down the uh, spiral path you came up. Senel Frostflint, for it is they, leads you round to an open area of grazing. I'll just chow down on the grass. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Senel. You're really spoiling um, us. <laughs> indicates a small, naturally grown shelter where, as a good place to stow your tack and saddles and then leads you back towards the front of the settlement where the 
tall cliff is. And there you have a grand view of the mountains around the valley. And out to the west, you can see the wood march stretching away in endless ridges and mist-soaked valleys as far as the eye can see. And Senel says, Come here to our moot hall, and there you can ask me whatever it is you wish to know, for your journey must have been long. Ah! Seriously, why did we come to meet these guys? Ah! It's fine, shut up! Look, it's... It's authentic. I'm just going to sketch the view. Do they know where we want to go? He leads you into a large, spacious structure. It has seats all around the inside. It's like a round room, almost like being inside a bowl. And there are seats that appear to be formed from living branches of the house trees that are kind of rounded and flattened around the edge. Senel leads you in and indicates that you should sit and sits at the centre and says... So what is it you wish to know of us? Oh, we don't want to know anything about you. Um, We would like to know where Malahim is. Ah, you seek one of the early cities. Well, I believe we can help you. Forgive me, I shall need to call for Eel Thunderstone. I will return imminently. And from a little cupboard in the side, it's not really clear how it opens, but there's suddenly a cupboard there and he takes... Uh, jug of water and some glasses and says drink if you wish i shall return imminently all right thank you very much it's very kind of you the water better not make us talk like him i was gonna say he's in the water these are weird elves oh um elves a moment later another elf this one wearing uh long what green silk robes again very finely chiselled features and sharp eyes and eel thunderstone's eyes are more amber in color and again a very intense look senel says this is you one of our senior law masters you can't see any difference in age and uh to your eyes they both look fairly feminine eel thunderstone says hello i am eel thunderstone <laughs> he says is that young bambri lutz no it's not bambri behave bambri. it's the will to live <laughs> says bambri i see you've gained little from our elocution lessons we endeavored to give you you will never master the first tongue if you insist on grumbling and rumbling and stuttering your way through words. Your mum taught me the first tongue and it was great. <laughs> <laughs> That's another clip round Bambury's ear. <laughs> you impertinent scamp. Apologies, Master. No, his mum. No, honestly, his mum. His mum is actually the speech person. That was legit. <laughs> Why hit me? I'm gonna suck my slap back <laughs> off his head. <laughs> suck my slap suck out the poison Eel says it is true my mother did endeavour to grant him the first tongue but he had no aptitude for our language I think it's fair to say we're all sniggering about lies <laughs> <laughs> he looks round and says was it something I said no, no, my lord. Apologies. Move on. Private Joe. He says, Senel informed me that you wish to know of a place called Maluhim. Yeah, it used to be part of the Stone Empire. I'm sure this is part of my recollection. I will seek it out. I believe it is part of the Canticle of Maps. Mm. 
not agreeingly. And he begins, and Banbury, you might know a, lo- a bit about this. Um, elves retain their memories partly through poetry of various forms. And part of what is uh, unique about their culture is that they're interested in storing history, but they're not interested specifically about the history of people or creatures or events. They seem to give everything equal worth, which means that their poems can be very long and very confusing. And about squirrels. Perfect time to pop to the bathroom. So, Banbury, you've got this. Make notes. No, you're the... You're the bard. You're the mm. you're the you're the bard. You're like poet laureate of the sausages. You've got to memorise the poem, Master Elf. I, if you want to leave this in their hands, I'm just <laughs> going to go to the bathroom because I've been dying to pee for the last don't, twenty minutes. So, uh, they don't use toilet paper here. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I'm just going to pee off the edge of the tree. They use finest <laughs> silk. Oh, you, just number one. That's fine. I thought you were number two. I, that I should... turnip cake really doesn't settle that well. I've got to say, I was raised on that stuff. <laughs> it's an interesting choice of, uh, right. of cake. Well, there's not a lot of veg that grows up near us, and it's not like the farmers come to the old witch's house, is it? I'm sure there's better ways to cook turnip. Well... Yet you have flour. No. Right, this stone empire used to be between Timbariel and Mirasson. Uh, like, can you not? can you not just cut it down to, like, stuff we can we can see in a year like we've got a year to eel says well of course we shall explore the canticle of maps let us begin and starts incanting in his monotone voice mountains thrice mountains ice forest plain ocean to ocean desert without rain wide was the forest spring leaved summer shade deep was the river where the sand dolphin played tanomiel the forest world a sunward and branch wide kirisian the sky touched of wild hills and wide sky and continues for approximately 15 verses i know a, a poem like that <laughs> <laughs> it covers a lot of detail about the kinds of grass that grew in different parts of the plains. And after a while, you you kind of maybe flick back and you're saying, Kyrgyzian pushed out by norm- <sighs> numerous fast folk. <sighs> Fine built cities abandoned to cold smoke. Tanomial retreating to deep wood and mountain. Hidden by spells and by miles beyond counting. <laughs> Given you'd be summing up your knowledge of Malahim anyway, if you could let us know any interesting talking points or where there's a nice scenic picnic scenic area, that'd be great. I'm up for those. I'm going to sort of half get out of my chair with the suggestion. I was half thinking about the breakfast and I caught it and just set the penis view or whatever it was. What?
What did it, what did Enigma actually say in cat tongue just then? <laughs> uh, what did the cat actually hear? She had she said that she had this weird dream about like a, a human guy, but it wasn't <laughs> like a human guy, it was a cat guy. This is such such a niche reference that <laughs> gonna get. I think anyone listening we can give them the link. <laughs> just just add that when we next upload we put a link to that live journal entry. <laughs> People will be like, what? La- live journal is that how you pronounce it I... back in our day kids this was all the rage yes. we still monologue of it now it was it was like an incandescent light, light bulb or something that old people care about and young people don't <laughs> um actually Ooh, when maybe i'll turn it into a song for the uh, end of this episode maybe, maybe not one either side of a broad promote why do I include the word promontory? How do you say promontory? Promontory. <laughs> promontory, that's it. <laughs> One either side. <laughs> promontory. <laughs> yes, thanks. That's great you saying it. Shall I just drop that in for just you? Just edit. You said it and yeah, I just edit said Ali in. Promontory. <laughs> One either side. <laughs> that sounds really good. <laughs> 